0: You are now tuning in to the Own the Build podcast. Join Sealing's very own Paul Hemming, where each week he interviews experts from the world of construction and asks all the important questions around intelligent construction management. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the Own the Build podcast with me, Paul Hemming. Following on from last week's ebook share or the ongoing ebook and template share, you can again find in the podcast description this week a free copy of two downloads just for you. Uh, we have got the template, final account statement, and a risk register as well. Thanks for everyone who's continuing to feedback. And if you guys want any other templates, just let me know. We have a whole array, which we're very happy to share. Give me a shout on paul at c-link.com. And yeah, in the studio today, We have got Daniel Parker, who is the UK country manager for Easy Tool Hire. Easy Tool Hire is a platform that simplifies the rental of tools, equipment, and machinery. And you will recognize the logo as I believe it is part of the Easy Group, Easy Jet, you will know. So it's the lovely orange logo. Daniel himself is obviously the UK country manager for easy tool he's a serial entrepreneur himself he's interested in blockchain property and in his own words generally doing some good so i like the sound of this um he's currently growing easy tool in the uk he's smiling from ear to ear right now and i'm
1: delighted to have him on the show daniel how are you Thank you very much, Paul. Um, I'm very well. That was a very lovely intro as well. I think that makes me seem a lot better than what I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> General, the, you know, I mean, there's a lot of interest. I'm interested in blockchain,
0: interested in property. We've got our own businesses, blah, blah, blah. I'm making business. I you, know you, you're a serial entrepreneur yourself. The bit that actually stood out the most to me from, I kind of nabbed all of that from your LinkedIn, was the <laughs> generally doing some good part of that. I thought that's like, what did you mean by that?
1: Um, just trying to do things like do things that benefit others where where possible. Like with this, you know, with two plant hire, I see it as um, it's been a bit greener, and things like that. So it helps the environment. Just something that's positive, and at the end of the day, I can say, well, that helped in some way, shape, or form you know however vaguely but yeah I get to I get to go to home sleeping at night and going well I didn't do anything bad today <laughs> fantastic No, no, that's, I mean our mission statement as a business for
0: C-Link and Prosper so we kind of help property developers main contractors and subcontractors we cover the whole ecosystem and our mission statement is to make construction a better fairer more profitable place for everyone just generally try and do some good for absolutely everyone it's tough enough as it is so that really resonated with me where before we jump in keen listeners of the show will know that i love an accent come on that is a quite delightful accent that you've got i'm jealous
1: where (laughs) where is it from in scotland um so i'm from edinburgh scotland so we we don't have too. it's not too much of a strong scottish accent is We're, that Queen's Scottish? Uh, exactly. <laughs> like we, we can actually understand someone from Edinburgh, potentially. Um, there's other parts, even Scotland. Glasgow can be tough, can't it? Glasgow can be tough. I mean, there's certain parts of Scotland I still don't understand people's accents. Really? And I'm Scottish, so there you go.
0: Well, I think you're the first <laughs> Scottish accent or Scottish person that I've really been able to understand. So but let's, let's see if we can sit with it, right? See if, see if I, that continues as we go. I'm only joking, of course. But talk to me about... You've had a very interesting career, and I know that your background is not construction. Just talk to us about who you are, your career, and why you're doing what
1: you're doing now. So I've always worked in some way, shape, or form in tech since I left university um, and to the present day. Uh, So easy to hire, we see ourselves as as a tech business within the construction sector. So first real job out of uni, I worked for... It was a customer service software business, kind of like Zendesk. Probably the one that people might have heard of listening. And then left there, set up my own thing, which was a short-term hire. let business, we're basically putting properties on Airbnb, booking.com, things like that. Again, heavily related to tech. We did build our own tech, but... We, Are you a software developer? You can code, or I wish. I wish um, not that not that intelligent, unfortunately. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand it at a very high level and can do no code stuff. But no, I'm I'm more of the I don't know the commercial end, the business end, business um, development, making up stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. I, I want to people. Yeah, I wish. I wish I could be uh, write code and things like that. But I don't know why. Just at school, it just never. It never resonated with me. It just, just couldn't do it. People that can do that sort of stuff amaze me. They're super intelligent and good on you. But yeah, built that up. I sold it uh, during the pandemic. And then told myself, I don't fancy working for anybody again. But then saw this opportunity with Easy Tool Hire. So it's a startup, but with a recognized brand. Also in a sector that's got a lot of opportunity as well. Um, construction, tool and plant hire. It's not... It's not been fully commercialised to my beliefs. Um and yeah, just thought, gotta jump on this, on to do it. <laughs> and and so you come into the
0: construction industry after effectively kind of being in I guess across a few industries, but in the tech industry, let's say I know that's a pretty broad term, but what was your perception of construction? before you joined the construction industry and what is your perception of construction now that you've been with us in this lovely place for a year
1: yeah well i guess before being with property i would see construction more as like your diy and maintenance and things like that you know properties things like that so you know plumbers electricians handy people is a lot of what i would uh, get into flats to fix people someone who generally do lots of your airbnb style yeah 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 doing small fixes and things like that but now construction you know from working in tool and plant hire i see it's it's um much bigger than that you know construction's anything from a little driveway or an extension of somebody's house through to massive nuclear power plants like hinkley point and you know hs2 and things like that you know it's there's just a huge construction is you know one of the biggest sectors of the UK economy and has a wide ranging thing from the handyman fixing a hole in the wall from a tenant through to you know a big massive digger some 20 ton beast digging a hole at Hinkley Point so it's it's a you know a massive wide ranging industry um,
0: What did yeah. you perceive about us before you came in did you think
1: construction as a yeah. whole dirty honesty ma- yeah like a, a dirty manly sector you know it's like really gr- like the, gruff
0: the, the trope
1: almost yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know kind of gruff but when you look at it now construction as a whole it's becoming more data driven more tech driven there's a lot more women getting involved in construction you've got some of the biggest tool and plant hire businesses in the uk have got um started and still have female ceos things like that so there is still a high percentage of men that work within construction but it's becoming a bit better and you know space as well right yeah, exactly. And you're getting more women encouraged to get involved. Yeah, there's more tech getting in, in, into construction as a whole. You know, you're getting everything more data-driven. You're getting GPS getting used and everything so they can track where things are. Um, they're looking at utilisation. I mean, it, um, even this morning I was looking at a product, generators that can be tracked wherever they are. They can remotely be accessed from wherever in the world be a 3G connection. So it is becoming much more technical as opposed to you know a dirty diesel little generator you have to chuck some diesel in and hope it starts they can remotely tap into the thing and go oh, there's well, so not, much opportunity isn't of... yeah
0: yeah exactly um, that's the should... exciting thing isn't it but like with, with construction it's got so much opportunity for benefits and improvements productivity etc talk to us because i know you now daniel and i know Easy Tool Hire. say I know Easy Tool Hire. Obviously, I don't. But in detail. But my perception, I guess, of what Easy Tool Hire was before I spoke to you, it changed quite dramatically. And so, I'm interested in you just explaining, like, in headline about Easy Tool Hire for those who don't know Easy Tool Hire who are listening,
1: and what makes you unique in the market. So we operate it's on a franchise basis. Like to start with, franchise and sometimes gets a don't name for itself but we work in a quite unique way so we take a country like the UK because we work across Europe, split it up into regions and then each region we work with one local tool and plant house business, send all the business to them and by the business what I mean is e-commerce so we basically make it very easy to transact online and we tend to target your DIYer, your give it a goer and your small trades businesses you know your sole traders your man with van that type of business as well um who are looking to get things easily quickly and transparently as well because everything we have has a price attached It there's no back and forth you know give me a quote on this blah 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 the price is the price That's so it. i want to get a scissor lift for this job that i'm starting next week
0: how do i use easy tool hire
1: Go on the website, search scissor lift, and then it will come up, and then you put the dates on that you need it for, pay for it. That's it. It will turn up on site when you want it, and really? then they'll it's come and take. That. And then they'll come and take it away. Yeah, and there's, we do ID verification things like that. Things you would expect with hire, but it's all done online. It's very simple. It's it's uh, to use a Scottish word, eejit proof. You you just hold your phone above your ID. I thought it, that was an
0: Irish word.
1: No, it's a Scottish word, eejit. That's definitely a is it? Oh, Let's say, let's say it's a Celtic <laughs> word, which kind of ra- covers us both. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Aye, there's another uh, Celtic word, but yeah, it's just it makes it as easy as possible as well. So you know, the, even if they're going to go and collect it from a depot, if they've not got their ID on them, doesn't matter. They did it online. We've checked it all. We're quite happy with them. But yeah, it, it really is a super straightforward process. There's no back and forth, all that sort of stuff. It's paid for, done.
0: And the idea is, you don't need to go to a depot. You don't need to do any of that. Type it in on the app or on on the website, wherever it is, and bang, it turns up.
1: There's no 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 administration, no checking the account back and forth, invoices, negotiation on the price, all the rest of it. Like the price there is the best price that can be offered, um, that the partner can you know do. Okay, and so it's best price. You know some.
0: I'm a quantity surveyor, so it's all about money, money, money with us in, in, in some respects, right? If I was using, and I understand, so it's, you know, it's at the moment, at least, it's the SMEs, really the SMEs that you're, you're focusing on. is that DIY and kind of small contractor network. Is their intention, is their focus to move up, up the food chain, in inverted commas, to go towards the larger contractors?
1: No, not at all. I mean, we think that that part of the market is very well served, um through other businesses we want to focus more on your consumer and the micro and micro businesses because we don't think that anybody's particularly focusing on them at all you've got a lot of businesses that try to do both i think it's quite hard to do both well we would rather focus on the more consumer end and do that very well and the smaller contractors
0: as well yeah and so when, when when you talk about First things first. Have you spoken to Stelios? That's all I know about. about <laughs> yeah, I just remember uh, that. No, no, not, not, not,
1: not, not in person, <laughs> but uh, in, in a, like a one-to-one conference. Yes, I have. Surprisingly down-to-earth chap. Very friendly. Very easy to get on. You know, for someone so wealthy, actually knows. You know, the price of a pint of milk, that sort of thing. Just down to earth, which just really surprised me. There was no bullshit. You know, no BS. That's all that what you sort want, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, he's kindly invited us out, actually, to the end of April to come and meet, uh, for all of us to come and meet him as well, and the franchisee host us for a couple of days in Monaco, which will be lovely, I'm sure.
0: That will be very nice in Monaco, <laughs> won't it? Um, time it with a Grand Prix. With, um, just, so going back to Easy to Wear, what what like, makes it unique, one of the things that stands out to me is the franchising
1: model. Just explain that. So we operate kind of... As a typical franchise would so we have centralized marketing services so we're doing all the marketing part for them and they own the brand in their territory as a a typical franchise would and we also do things like you know buying groups lumping together all because all of our, our franchises our partners are independent businesses that work operate independently of each other but it's to build up buying power for them as well from your manufacturers of you know everything from diggers through to the saw blades, all that sort of stuff as well, and we see it as the way that we are operating. And of course, we're going to believe this. I'm biased. I work for the company. Is we're bringing together the brand, the power of the brand, the technology, but then marrying it with local service of us of a family business, a limited company in that area who knows the area, knows the kit. So bringing them together works pretty well, and they get really good really good service because it's from a small company where you know the family's still involved and they care about the business they care about their customers as well no that that makes perfect
0: sense and construction is a unique place in that it offers a huge amount of opportunity given that yes there's a huge amount of innovation going on and we've made some big steps but comparatively with other sectors there is a long way for us to go to to catch up for one of a better phrase and I sell construction technology and software to quantity surveyors, main contractors, who are a sceptical bunch. And I know that because I myself am a quantity surveyor, so I know it's kind of par for the course. I know everyone is sceptical and change is difficult, but with construction, I think even more so uh, than many others. How how have you guys gone about changing people's mentalities? Because what you're offering is totally disruptive, really, to the plant hire sector.
1: Uh, I'd agree with all the points that you've said there. You know, especially to begin with, we did get a lot of pushback. Construction as a whole is more of an old school industry and not that digitised. So yeah, there is a lot of pushback. It's we're looking for to start with. You know, it's those people that are a bit forward thinking. Who are looking to try something a bit different and understand that the world is changing because to implant hire subsector construction construction is a huge big thing it's not been commercialized, I would say, towards the consumer as of yet, whereas, you know, most other sectors have, especially in retail from clothing, whereas this hasn't yet. So tool and plant hires mostly made up of independent businesses, about 75%, so it's mostly entrepreneurs. But then you've got some of them who are that a bit forward-thinking and looking to get something early, because that's what it is, they're getting something a bit early. So it's finding the right people. And I think it's when people see... The opportunity as well showing you know how many people are actually looking to do this and i think when consumers and diyers are made aware that they actually can hire things as opposed to owning it as well that opens up doors because i think a lot of people especially if they're not keen diy enthusiasts don't realize that they could just hire something for the weekend they think they have to go and buy the thing you don't need to you know yeah, so, yeah, 100%. so it's also it's also you know we're having to do that awareness to the general public as well and when they realize that they go all right well it makes sense i don't have to maintain the thing i don't have to store it I pay for it for the weekend get it back happy days and that's the kind of like the perfect segue of where i want
0: to take this conversation now is the hire of plant versus the purchase of plant and i recognize that you are going to be quite biased when it comes to uh, giving me an opinion on that but I, we've talked about this before and i want to talk that through with you particularly in the context of the economy where we're at um, and many other things but we will do that right after this break hello it's me again i wanted to share a quick story with you on why i co-founded ceiling with my best mate chris chris and i we're both qs's and this is going to sound sad but one night we were sat in the pub talking about subcontract tendering and we realized the industry had a problem Number one, procurement was too paper-based. Number two, it was too time-consuming and every QS had their own unique way of doing things. And number three, perhaps most importantly, if you want to competitively tender, you need to know hundreds of the best subcontractors. We simply didn't. That's why we created C-Link. It's software to solve subcontract tendering. We wanted to remove these challenges and help the industry get better. So if you or someone you know tenders with subcontractors you've got to see our software head over to our link www.get.c-link.com forward slash podcast to find out more i will include it in the description box so again there's no excuses now let's get right back to the show So, Daniel, you perfectly segued me there onto the topic of conversation, but I rudely suggested that we go for a break and have a drink of water. So, what I would like to talk with you now, talk with you about now, is um, really the principles of hiring plant and buying plant. Now, I come from a background where I remember, and again, this is a bit more commercial construction, so... I come from a background where I remember being told once by a contractor, ooh, my USP or where I really make a lot of profit is I bought all of my lifting equipment, my cranage or whatever. And what that means is that now I can charge less than all the competition because I'm not hiring it, but still make great profit on it. It was like something that these that company, and they were like an installer of curtain walling, so like glazing and stuff like that. It was something that they really were almost striving for as a business. Like at the outset, that's where we wanted to get ourselves to.
1: How does that make you feel? I mean, obviously, as you said, I'm going to be biased and argue that hiring is better. But when you look at the financials of it, it tends to be as well. So, I'll talk first. I'll talk about hire businesses themselves. So, a lot of the hire businesses they work we work with. They don't make a lot of their profit from the actual hire of it either, or even the residual value of when they come to sell it. They might make a little bit there, but a lot of it's from other services like the consumables that come along with the items that they hire. Really? Um, that's yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised. That's where they make a lot of their profit. So you know, the hires themselves keep the business ticking over. Comes revenues coming in, pays for you know the machinery leases, buying new machines, paying the staff, all that sort of stuff. Because. Like all businesses, they come with a lot of overheads. So they've got engineers, they've got you know, big depots to pay for, all these sorts of things. Buying new machinery, because they have to buy new machinery on average every three years. So it's not there for a long time. So if you then relate that back to, you know, you mentioned a builder or something like that, so they're buying it as well. They're not actually going to make a huge amount of profit out of owning it, because you've got maintenance on top of it. And if you think about the long run, like say you mentioned a crane or something along those lines, a big bit of kit. Yes, in theory on the balance sheet make more money because they own it for a long time, don't buy a new one, they've paid it off, all that sort of stuff. But in reality, they've owned that crane for five, ten years. That's now an obsolete piece of technology. You've got one that's come out that's much more efficient. Your competition that's down the road from you, who's hiring a crane, that's much newer is doing the job a lot quicker. So actually in the long run, it's costing you more because it's taking you longer to that job. So you can argue the you can argue on that basis. I would say that that makes
0: sense. Can Can I ask that? I think there's quite a few things to touch on there, and I guess one of the first things, and I w- I was going to ask you, could you dispel one myth about the plant hire sector? One of the things that, and maybe this is a myth that I have in my head. You might have another one, was that the margins were great, and you kind of just suggested that you would you don't make that much money on the hire you make that money on the consumables which i find you, there's one myth i've you've slapped me around the face with yes
1: it? at the front end it might seem you know before you take off all of the costs involved so if you just look at the cost of the machine and what they're making in terms of the hire there's when you take into account the fact that the machinery is replaced so often and like you know same as a car same as buying a bit of plant tools and things like that. as soon as you bought it it's immediately lost a lot of its value there so when they're trying to sell it on they've got to pay for engineers to upkeep it and service it, it tends to be that you know higher businesses have very strict safety regulations testing that they have to stick to which then costs more money and they've got all the overheads as well of you know of, of, oh, of, you're making of, me feel the sorry
0: now for the. Hu- for <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but obviously, <laughs> for the plant but of course, they they, they, they they are making a, you know a, a slight profit yeah. off the hires, but I don't think as much as what people think. I think that's the perception. Oh, that was certainly my perception. Was you know, oh, yeah, they
0: must be making it's, again, it's that.
1: everything. It's, a, it's economies of scale. Yes, if you're hiring out thousands, tens of thousands of pieces of machine, yes, it is profitable. That's only because you're making you know pennies on the pound on on every hire because they're doing it to scale but if you're got a little a very small hire shop that's just doing this you know handful of tools we've got a couple of mini diggers they've obviously not got that kind of economy of scale that's that's i mean definitely that's where they're making more of the margin on the consumable aspects and so if you then
0: approach them with a the franchisee option for easy Tool hire and say we'll deal with your marketing we'll deal with x
1: y and z it becomes a very attractive proposition to them right yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, and like I said, the economies of scale, those benefits. Because you typically, you know, if it's a McDonald's, for example, you know, they're getting the burgers for pennies, pennies, I'm sure. And the same, we can get good discounts because we're not just buying as, you know, local tool hire shop on a high street family-owned Smith's, uh, you know, we Hire shop, whatever you want to call it. We're buying for all of these depots in the UK and across Europe as well.
0: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. One thing that, going back to your previous point about why you should hire rather than purchase, interesting point that you made about, you know, five or 10 years on, that bit of kit is not obsolete, but it's 20% less efficient than the latest bit of kit or whatever, right? You guys must be really close to this. So, what is the approximate, almost, life cycle of a piece of like taking that scissor lift, for example, right? How that I mentioned earlier, how often is a new scissor lift coming out? How often is it iteration two, three, four? So that, like, is it every well, how often is it? I mean,
1: every year they've got new models. I mean, the same as most manufacturers when it comes to cars and things like that. They obviously want to put more, so they are constantly innovating. You know, there's lots of different shows around the world. You go to Bauman, things like that. There's constant innovation, especially at the moment where you've got. Into cross tool and plant, the the batteries are getting much better. So you're now getting better electrically powered, um, you know, diggers and things like that. You can now even, you know, you don't need to have a dirty diesel generator. We've you've now got um, battery banks that are as good as a gener a diesel generator and things like that. So the innovation is massive. Like every year, it's getting better and better.
0: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of. It sounds great, doesn't it? To Buy plan, and each each bit of kit is unique, obviously and subjective. But there are many things that would promote that it is better to to hire. Just contextualise all of that for me, Daniel. In today's economy, I don't want to say the word recession because we're not in a technical recession, so I hear. And also, everyone will tell me stop being a misery guts, but I'm just saying in in the context of where we're at economically, particularly here in the UK, right. Does that further impact your views with regards to hiring versus buying?
1: Yes, 100%. I mean, obviously bias, as we mentioned, but in the last financial crisis that we had, hire businesses did phenomenally well because of the capex element. You know, construction businesses are not as wanting to outlay as much onto onto tool and plant, which makes sense when you're in a uncertain time. How well did they do? whilst we were all doing badly how well i don't know I don't have percentage and things like that, but as I'm, that's all I'm told is a lot of new tone plant hire businesses um started during the last recession they cre- did yeah they start they were one of the few sectors where they you know there was people actually starting new businesses because people yeah, during, I, I hate that term of, you know, uncertain times, but people don't want to do, from businesses through to, you know, individuals like yourselves. you don't want to make large outlays of money in case you don't know what's happening. You want to keep money in the bank in case something very bad happens. You know, in, in, in the next, there'll be less people. Well, there has been less expenditure overall. And there's been one of the, with um, COVID, we're still seeing, Issues related to that. A lot of the manufacturers obviously had to slow down their their production, and then there was problems with supply chain, with uh, you know processors, microchips, all that kind of stuff. Um, so a lot of them slowed down production, and people were weren't able to buy as much machinery anyway. And that's just kind of kept going on. It still is a challenge to actually going by machinery at the moment. Uh, is it a challenge Daniel. for
0: you guys? I appreciate you have much larger supply chains and economies, but is is there still a blockage in terms
1: of... Not really, not if you work with the right manufacturers, because um, you've got always got new ones trying to enter the market, so then they prioritise certain countries when it comes to their stock availability and things like that. So that's something that we've really been looking at as, you know, Looking at more emerging manufacturers and things like that who're offering something a bit different and have that availability.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes sense in terms of you know tightening of the belts. It does make sense. Plant higher over purchase. Just touching on maintenance, and I'm well aware that each and every bit of kit is totally unique. But you've talked about oh, it's all good and well buying it, but then how are you going to maintain it? What are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with that? There's each bit of plant requires what it requires. How much do you spend on maintenance for plant in a year? Like I'm thinking percentage-wise. You have, you have a bit. You you buy a bit of kit. How often are you maintaining it? What's the cost of maintaining it? And why? Come on, you can surely scare
1: us off now to not go out buying plant, and you
0: can <laughs> well, dominate well, us with your bias.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, every single time that it's all the terms off hired when it's brought back in. It's service, it's checked over. So it's a high cost. Um I can't give you exact figures. But it is you know, every single time it comes back it's getting checked over, it's getting serviced, it's getting parts changed, all that sort of stuff. And tool and plant hire is very wide ranging. So even if you take one thing like powered access, like scissor lifts and things like that, even that one what is seen as a category piece of machinery, you can get multiple variations of that as well. So you've got electric ones, you've got, you know, hydraulic ones, all these kinds of things which require different um, knowledge and engineering and fitters and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, to answer the question, a lot of money (laughs) because in a tool and plant hire business, outside, well, like a lot of businesses, the biggest cost after the kit itself is their staff. And what you tend to find in most tool and plant hire businesses, most of their staff, are engineers fitters um so it is a big cost and because they are you know rigorous in checking over this machinery every time it comes in goes out um you know you, you've got an engineer you've got engineers that are on standby to go out if it breaks down as well on site you know all these things that you have to have available is it a really tough market
0: i picture it being quite a saturated market tall and plant high you know and there's some big players in there but there's also like you said did you say 75% of SMEs smaller businesses so there's like these big players you know like your HSS the people that kind of uh, stick out in your mind and then lots of independents in all of these different cities towns etc how difficult a market is it to
1: I I don't think disrupt? it's saturated at all to be honest it's something that's grown massively so if you look at the figures to implant higher, but just over a decade ago, across the UK, was worth about a billion pounds. Now, I think it was last year, it was just over six and a half billion, so it's grown you know, nearly 600% in a decade, and it's only growing more and more and more. And I think it's the same as not just construction, but all sectors, we're all realising, do you know what, I want to be an expert in what I do, rather than trying to do everything. So, you know, more construction businesses, uh, DIYers, all all types of people are going, well I'll hire it instead what's the point of my owning it, all that kind of stuff, so it's just going to grow and grow and grow and grow, because you even have some, you know, large construction companies, they have their own in-house to own plant hire business, they've created a whole separate, limited for it, um, for tax write-offs and things like that I'm sure Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's something that's just growing and growing and construction is always going to be around, it's one of the largest you know, parts of the UK economy, we have shortages of houses, we have shortages of people in construction. From the figures I was reading recently, apparently in the next, I think it's five years, we need another quarter of a million tradespeople across, you know, all different sectors, electricians, plumbers, labourers, all those sorts of things as well. So, you know, it can only grow from all those different aspects If, if we somehow you know, tomorrow there was another quarter of a million trades people found, then they're all going to probably have to hire some tools and some plant as well. So there's some instant growth right there. Um, Yeah, there's a a housing
0: crisis, isn't there? There's a distinct lack of houses. We're behind every single year. We need to build more houses. The next decade, I, I completely, it resonates what you're saying is... We've done similar studies into for our business planning, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it makes perfect sense. Construction is here to stay and it's continuing to grow. I think it's expected to grow 7% of the UK construction industry over the next four or five years. So I guess my final question for you is um, you're someone who is a forward thinker and an innovator. You've done lots of things. You've been fo- focused in tech. You're now focused in tech within construction. How do you see the future of the plant hire sector for the industry industry In totality not just you know DIY and that SME sector just thinking about the wider construction space as well
1: from what I've seen it's it's becoming and will become much more data driven so you know looking at facts and figures looking at utilisation looking at all these sorts of aspects to make things more efficient ultimately you know as much as some people might might not like that and it's kind of old school but it is becoming much more, you know, constru- I'm trying to watch what I'm saying here. Construction is professional, but it is becoming more professionalized. You know, we we work with tool and plant hire businesses that, you know, a decade ago wouldn't have looked at, you know, data, computers and all that stuff. Now they have business BI teams and things like that. And, you know, more, 100%. And, more and more construction business. The ones that are growing, especially your larger ones, your PLCs and things like that, they have whole swathes of teams dedicated to these kind of things and it might sound like you know it's boring and it's a little rubbish and all the rest of it but you've got to look at the data look at the numbers to then you know that helps you find you know i'm speaking quite general things here but you know that helps you analyze and find where the problems are where the things are to solve all that sort but, of stuff
0: but with with, with plant hire specifically
1: mm-hmm. data why do i need to know about the data why do you need to know about the data well there's lots of there's lots of data points in higher yeah i've mentioned the term of utilization because it's important you know what's the point in having a hundred diggers out there in your yard if they're only getting used 25 percent of the time so you want to understand that you want to understand seasonality when there's peaks and troughs to make sure that you have enough stock available So you can pre-plan all these sorts of things. It's just so important because it is a season, like a lot of businesses, a seasonal business as well. You know, there's you know certain months you'll hire out more gardening equipment when supposedly it's sunny in the UK. That one day a year in August. Um, You know all these sorts of things as well. So that's why you know rather than just kind of going putting your finger in the air and going, hmm, right, this is how we're going to spend our money on capital and things like that. It needs to be driven by data, insights, analysis, all these sorts of things as well. And is that a good thing or a bad thing for the higher
0: sector? I'm thinking about projects where I've been on where there's a piece of kit there and you think, oh, we're not using that for three days, but it'd be good to return it, but it wouldn't be. Just, do you see what I mean? Mm. It's almost, it's, it, it, that sounds like where you would want to take a project, right? You'd want them to say, I've only got these bits of kit when I need these bits of kit. Is that the reality then? Is that how you, you think that the plant higher sector will be a lot more a lot leaner because we'll be hiring what we need to hire.
1: Yeah, in some regards, you, I mean, you can't 100% have everything pre-planned or the rest because you know weather weather heavily affects construction. So if something's rained off, it's rained off. That's no fault of anybody's at all. So I get with uh, being in the UK there's always going to be a bit of um What's the word I'm looking for? You know, not as efficient as possible, thanks to... Especially in Scotland. Yeah, especially in Scotland. The more north (laughs) you go, the worse it gets. Um, (laughs) But I think there's always going to be... But we can only try as as hard as we can to be efficient. I mean, you are always going to have those... um, times where the you know a piece of uh, equipment gets uh, suspended on site for example and you know the the higher business isn't making money out of it the construction is not paying for it but then again it would be more expensive for them to come and collect it and then bring it back and that's worse for the environment and all these sorts of things as well so it's going to i think it's going to keep improving to a point until we get to the point where you know the weatherman is 100% on it
0: um, yeah i th- I, I, who mean, knows? I, think, I think yeah i think that I think the point is, and perhaps you 've seen this coming into construction as an, as an outsider in inverted commas, is that there is a lot of decisions made based on hearsay experience one person 's opinion a group of people 's opinions, not data, and I believe data or a lat- lack of data focus is what is holding us back or what has held us back and now that again it's that big open space for us to make huge efficiency gains is having a good strong data set and that is across the board. So what you're kind of saying is that the future of the plant sector it will be far more data driven, is that right?
1: Yeah, and becoming more united and sharing data and things like that. I mean I've heard been uh, yeah, the word you use here say heard of project projects where people try to unite multiple independent to implant how businesses understand, you know, how much stock they had available, how much equipment they had and things like that to make things more efficient and they'll just kind of, no, I don't want you to know what I've got and I, blah, blah, blah. I think that happens a lot across construction. In time, we will understand that there's plenty out there. We don't need to hide things from each other sharing best practice is great i mean and it does happen you know i don't want to sound like i'm being negative you have lots of different alliances and clubs and subsets within construction that do share best practice and all that kind of stuff so it does happen but there could be a lot more of it
0: no no i I completely agree and i can see what easy tool hire is doing for the sector i can definitely see a space for it i can see a space for it in the bigger projects as well um but mm. thank you so much for coming on the show daniel it's been great to chat to you it's been a and pleasure it's been um really really interesting i will obviously share daniel's details easy tool Hire's details in the podcast description i'm sure daniel would love to speak to you all um and yeah oh, it all just Absolutely. goes without saying daniel thanks for coming on the show and um i very much appreciate your time
1: no not a problem at all it's been a pleasure thank you very much for having me paul My pleasure. And everybody,
0: I will speak to you as always next week. Have a good week and uh, speak to you soon.